Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Friday, November 5th, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. everyone. Welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Tara Bulger. And I'm Brett Goodman. We come to you three times a week to bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. Happy Friday. We're going to hear more about Elijah today. But before that, let's begin with prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you that you beckon us to life, that you call us forth from destruction, self-destruction, frustration into a new life that begins and ends with your love and your grace. May we learn something new about you this day. Amen. Amen. Our passage is from 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, verses 1 through 18, and it begins after Elijah has executed the prophets of Baal. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how Elijah had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then Elijah was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. Elijah looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, 
What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel as king over Aram. And you shall also anoint Jeshu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abel-Mehelolah, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet... I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Tara, for our Friday fun question, what is the best way to start the day? Let me paint the scene for you, Brett. Paint it. Paint it. You have the brush. I wake up Mm -hmm. and... um, Somehow everyone else is ill, either still asleep or gone. Okay? okay. And there's no television. There's no sound. I fix my hot tea. I go to my office. I sit in my favorite chair and I snuggle with my dog and I read. That's my favorite morning. And I try to pull it off almost every day. What about you? That is a lovely morning. Um, you know, two kind of came to mind. The first is... Um, for a while there, Friday mornings um, at midnight uh, on, on Thursday, turning to Friday, the new Ted Lasso would come out. So Allie and I would come downstairs, and I'm off on Fridays, and we would come out, out before she started work, and we'd cuddle under blankets with our coffee <laughs> and watch the newest Ted Lasso. Uh, that was a pretty good one. Um, but to paint the scene for really for mine, one, I wake up, and um, it's light out because i hate waking up when it's dark out okay it just i'm makes the exact me, opposite makes me i sad. love to get up before no i feel like i've lost too much time makes, makes it's like i'd rather wake up earlier but i don't want it to be dark out it just makes me sad but i come downstairs it's pretty similar to yours actually get a cup of coffee cuddle under a blanket because i want it to be cold mm-hmm. and read my book yep yeah That's it right there. It's the best way to start the day. (laughs) And to our scripture, what do you make of the last passage or the last paragraph of this passage? What is the Lord directing Elijah to do? So part of his job as prophet is to um, point out new leadership. Um, So the short answer is God is saying, get back to work, Elijah. Just get back out there, and here's what you're going to do next. Listen to what I tell you and carry it out. Um, The long answer is that the Lord God is choosing people who will really um, do the difficult, like, difficult work of weeding each other out. I mean, is that really what I want to say? But I think it is, right? But it's the idea that there will be these leaders who will war with each other, So Elijah's not going to have to worry about killing more prophets of Baal like he just had to do at Mount Carmel. Um, And then 
there will be people left. I think the most significant thing, though, is that he will also anoint Elisha, who is going to be his successor. So, you know, Elijah's fear in this story is that he's going to be killed because of Jezebel. And what we find at the end of the story is there will be more death. It will not be Elijah's. It will not be something Elijah has to do himself. Um, and he will actually have a successor if he is, you know, faithful in what he does. What do you make of this? Yeah, I I see, you know, Elijah um, has, has, yeah, has I think has two fears. The one that you pointed out, the very physical one of like, I'm going to die and that's scary. I'm going to be killed. And the other one is that I'm all alone. Uh, and so God's work is to him is like, go find some people that see you're not alone. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have you go anoint um, uh, this new king. I'm going to have you go anoint this other new king. I'm going to have you anoint this other guy to be a prophet to take your place. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've so often I feel like we can be, you know, down and being like, ugh, I feel all alone or, you know, no one's coming to this thing I want them to come to. And it's like, well, have you gone out and to, to a new person and invited them to that? <laughs> you know, have you gone out and, and really engaged with this person? Because there are people out there. Uh, it feels like God is saying to Elijah, uh, you know, it's so easy when we step back of, to feel all alone and, you know, God's saying, have you gone out and done the work? Have you gone out and engaged? You know what's interesting? So um, for those who are listening, there's this idea called biblical imagination. And it's the idea that there are things in the text that aren't stated explicitly, but we in our imagination might understand them. And, you know, I said that Elijah's central problem is that he's afraid he'll be killed. But I wonder what having to execute all the prophets of all did to his soul. Mm. And I wonder if that's maybe what the grief and fear is about. That's got to be terrible. And so to have God say, you will anoint these kings and they will um, execute the prophets Hmm. of all. They will clean up the way I want them to clean up. And all you have to do is name them. Hmm. Um, but that's, again, that's biblical imagination. Yeah. But I just, that's a that's a big deal what he had to do at Mount Carmel. God does seem to call Elijah to a new thing, um, to a new thing that he was, he was from what he was doing before. Uh, and, and I think that is to, to continue on with your biblical imagination of that's God's graciousness of, you know, um, you're still called to something, but not that you can, you know, that you're not, uh, there though that is too difficult. Uh, I have another work for you to do. You know what it reminded me of when we were reading it is in the church that you and I serve in several years ago, there was essentially a schism, right? Uh, more than a handful of families left. And for the people who stayed in the church, I think there was this sense of grief and sadness. And they've carried that with them a very long time. And I imagine God saying, yeah, that was hard. Now get up and go do some work. Go do what you know I want you to do, which Mm -hmm. is love others. Mm -hmm. Embrace those who want to be a part of this community. Reach out to those who are not a part of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I do think at some point, 
the Lord God allows us this time. But I think the Lord God also at some point says, get back to work. Mm -hmm. Keep doing the things that you, I mean, Paul says that right in Philippians, keep doing the things that you know you should do. Um, because it's in the doing of those things that were formed. But I just thought of that when we were reading it for the first time. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe to, to our biblical imagination point, God's not saying, you know, get out there and because the schism was over a, a, a theological lifestyle question. It's like maybe God's saying, don't go out there and argue anymore about theological lifestyle, uh, oh, but instead go out. Oh, but I wish. Oh, but, <laughs> but instead go out uh, and, and find new people to love, find new people to uh, participate in the mission of the kingdom of God. Absolutely. So we're going to end with a quote from former President Barack Obama, who has written, The best way to not feel hopeless is to get up and do something. Don't wait for good things to happen to you. If you go out and make some good things happen, you will fill the world with hope and you will fill yourself with hope. Thank you all for being with us. We hope you have a wonderful and safe weekend. Now may each of you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.